0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Coaching Manual show. For those who haven't listened to the podcast before, my name's Paul Bright and I'm Technical Director at the Coaching Manual. Today I'm going to be speaking to you about England's recent performances in the friendly games. I'm going to be covering the recent Rondo article that we put online. We'll talk about Leicester's performance in the Premier League and we'll look to give you a coaching tip of the week and a question of the week. Position do you want to be? Play from me. <laughs> well done, well done. It could be a good target for you. Well do Okay, off you go. Go and do that for you. Go and score with this goal. So I'm sure many of our um, listeners who have watched England's recent performances in the international friendlies against Germany and Holland. And like the listeners out there, I was uh, quite impressed with England's recent performances, and especially the look of the side—a youthful look inside—and Hodgson giving debuts and also um, throwing his backing and support behind a number of young players. There's been lots of press coverage around the performance of Deli Ali, um, and it's. It's interesting to, to note that the the Tottenham player was playing for MK Dons just a few seasons ago and his rising to that number 10 role or that creative um, midfielder role for, for the England national team. His performance against Germany, I thought, was excellent and he would have finished that chance which he put over the bar thinking that would have been a perfect um, ending to that performance. What really impressed me with Deli Alley was his... Um, Willingness to receive the ball under pressure. um, His technical mastery of the ball as well. He wanted to go past players. He looked dynamic. He wanted to bring others into play. Um, And I think it it caused a real problem for Germany. Um, I think going forward... Hodgson has to select him in the squad and start him, in my opinion, um, but the rest of Europe will have been watching and making notes on the performance of Deli Alli, and I think he may find a Euro tournament a bit tougher because he's no longer an unknown quantity on the international stage after that performance. But it wasn't just Deli Ali who impressed me, um, Jamie Vardy coming off the bench and also uh, starting against Holland, I think Jamie Vardy's been an absolute revelation um, this season. Again, another player who's come from all the way from the non-league system right the way through um, to, to be one of the top scorers in the Premier League this season. And I think when you've got players on form... Um, Like Jamie Vardy, you you have to play them, you have to start them. It was also great to see Danny Drinkwater, his Leicester teammate, um, getting his debut against Holland and being in the squad. And again, another player who's who's playing in form uh, and playing for the team who who are currently top of the Premier League. Uh, Personally, I think you have to pick players on form uh, rather than pick players by the name. Um, And it does raise some question marks about Rooney's um, role and possible starting inclusion for for England in, in this summer's tournament for the first time in a long time uh, England have got two strikers who have scored more than 20 goals in a season in the Premier League in in Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy so there's definitely uh, goals within the team I think the England team has flipped itself in recent years where we was always bit we were always built on defensive solidity you know we had we had ball winning centre halves um in the likes of John Terry, Real Ferdinand who could also come out and play with it. Um, I think that's a key area that needs addressing in that centre half position. Although we've got uh, a number of quality centre halves, it's can we can we keep clean sheets because ultimately uh, in tight games, we can probably nick goals but can we prevent them going in uh, at the other end, so it's going to be a really interesting um, tournament for for England at, at the Euros Hodgson's got some very tough decisions to make but ultimately that's why he's, he's manager manager of the England national team to make those tough decisions the press I'm sure, unless he gets off to an absolute storm will we'll have something to say and comment but it is Hodgson, Hodgson's got a lot of experience on the international stage as well as domestically across Europe. So we've got to back him, we've got to trust him. It's great to see that he's putting the younger players in as well now who ultimately those young players will hopefully play with no fear and, and nothing to lose it and, and use it as a as a stage to showcase their talent. So really exciting tournament coming up from an England standpoint. Um, let's just hope that they can perform um, I'm not personally not going to get carried away saying we're going to win it we should be at the semi-finals minimum. I'm just looking for the performance and laying down the foundations really for the future to to show the European um, teams listen England have got players who can play the game at this level um, under this pressure, that's what I'm really looking for, and I'm sure uh, the listeners you'll be looking for for similar things as well. If not, well, let us know what your thoughts and expectations are. Let us know who you would put in the starting lineup. You know, there's a debate around the forwards, um, and if anyone's got any solutions to to the the, the defensive um, questions, what I've raised, feel free to send them in. So, linking in um, nicely to to the discussions we've just had around England, um, I'm going to now cover Leicester City's performance in the Premier League this season, which again has been fantastic. And I think for many neutral fans or fans of, of lower league teams... Um, to see Leicester City at the top of the Premier League has been really refreshing. Um, Ranieri's come in and a lot of credit as well has to go to the players, but Ranieri's come in uh, and he's put down a system and, and again, he's playing in a certain um, aggressive, direct way at times, but it's clear that these players are all buying into it, they're having success and... Um, they got a good away win again to keep the pressure on the top and keep pressure on on the chasing teams. And again, the number of of England players with Vardy with and Drinkwater uh, in the squad, it's, you know, it benefits the national side as well. Leicester City's formation of 4-4-2 again. This was seen as a bit of a a relic, a bit of a dinosaur. Uh, in recent seasons with the four-two-three-one and the and the, even the three-four-three starting to creep in to, uh, domestically into England, um. But ultimately, Ranieri is showing that it's about your personnel, it's about the behaviours and actions on the pitch of your players and how you can best set them up in a shape and a structure, uh, to to go and get results. Ultimately, um, the coaching manual have released a number of articles around the four-four-two. And tips and advice on how to coach players and units and individuals within the specific 442. Ultimately, as we've always been saying, it's about your player profiles as well. Um, what players have you got? What system would best suit those players? And can they perform the actions um, and behaviours required uh, to successfully deliver? Uh, Within that system, if you like, um, again, it'd be great to hear your thoughts on Leicester City's performance this season. Um, w- will they go all the way and win the Premier League? M- me personally, I th- I think they will. I think they'll win the title. I think they've got momentum. Ultimately, I think they've got quality of players. Who you know, Vardy's got 20 plus goals. Um, you you've got. Uh, Kante, who, who wants to run, run and run some more and work hard for the team. Robert Huth at the back, who who's just an absolute ball winner and clears everything. Drinkwater, who's got the energy in there. Mane, who's creative. Um, I think they've got real quality. The question will be next year, uh, when, they, when they do uh, get into the Champions League, how will they compete? Will they be able to keep hold of those players who've done so well for them this season? So the the challenge, I think, is more so on next season as well. I do think they'll win the Premier League. I hope they'll win the Premier League as well. Um, but it's going to be interesting developments at Leicester City and fair play to them. Recently we had our Spanish correspondent Lee Fletcher in the office Uh, for those who don't know Lee Lee um, works and coaches out in Madrid in Spain and we had a brief chat to him um, about everything in Spain the the football, the culture and he provided us with a great insight into the Rondo um, and a a Spanish coaching method if you like which has has started to be adopted uh, around the world. Um, So I'm going to touch briefly on the Rondo, what what we think it means and how how it is implemented, and, and my personal thoughts on it. Ultimately, Rondo is a, a possession-based, positional-based game, and it's about um, creating opportunities to penetrate and play forwards. Um, and I'm sure you, you know Spanish football in recent years with Barcelona and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid um, is very in vogue and in fashion. Uh, not just in England, but across Europe, and I think sometimes you know coaches from other, other parts of of Europe and, and especially in the UK, we always think that there's something magical, and and other nations and other coaches are doing something different to what we do um, in our own training. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, you know, rondos are just positional based games and and possession based games, playing forwards, advance i've seen 101 sessions where where coaches are coaching similar similar topics and you know similar principles but they don't even realize it. it could be classified as a rondo and ultimately does it matter what what it's classified as i think the key thing is one it looks like the game so when players are performing Um, in these training sessions, they understand where it fits within the game. I think for a player, the worst thing that you can do to players is ask them to go through a training exercise that has no relevance to the actual game that they're going to be playing. Um, And if you want to go into that into more detail, it's also recognising positional requirements of players as well. So ultimately, should centre-half be practising and performing exactly the same types of, of uh, skills as centre-forwards. I would personally argue no. It's a different role on the pitch, in a different position, a different area of the pitch, and it's got different skill sets. The, the common bond is the game and the ball and the team, team dynamic and the team goal of trying to make sure you score and trying to prevent the opposition from scoring and how you connect... Those individuals to their specific unit and how you then connect those units to the team. Um, you know the rondos are a, a fantastic training method because ultimately it does look like the game. Players enjoy playing in the rondos, whether it's a you know a three v one uh, keep ball, encouraging players' technical ability. Whether you progress it onto you know five versus two, so then you start to work within one or two units and penetrating through. Uh, opposition, um, teams, and then, you know, moving it on to whatever you want to, really, six versus two, eight versus four. Um, you know, the, the the options are unlimited as long as it's within the framework and the boundaries of the game. Um, personally, I love delivering those types of activities. I'm not even going to call them a run, no, I'm just going to call them an activity or a practice, because it looks like the game. You can put players in certain areas, so you, you play your defensive base players, your central defensive players, in a back line on the outside of an area. You have your full-backs combining with those players and bombing on. Your centre midfielders, you want to overload them in the middle and put them under pressure when receiving and make sure they can combine 360 degrees because that's how they play. And Ultimately, your centre forwards need to learn how to recognise when the ball is advancing up the pitch and what movements to make to come and be an option to receive. That's the game, and rondos provide all that. So, um, you know, it was great to get an insight into how they are delivered in Spain and the thought processes of the rondo in Spain. I would say, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of good practice in, in a lot of countries, including, including our own, including the US, um, and, it, and it's just getting getting that detail for players getting the understanding. So the what and the how is important, but for me as a coach, I need to know why, because then I can justify it to my players and my players understand this is why we are doing it. This is why the coach is asking us to play a certain way. The what is the session, the how is the detail, the why is the the justification, the understanding. Um, and, And that's what we've tried to clarify. I hope that some of the coaches out there delivering are are, are trying those things. And again, it'd be great to hear your feedback and and what what um, what changes you've made and how it's worked for your players' development. So, coaching tip of the week is linked into our conversation around Rondos um, and. My coaching tip of the week for for coaches and listeners out there is when you do set up training practices, try and encourage uh, and promote that positional play and that positional understanding. What I mean by that is ask your players to play in positions that they play in a game. For for those coaches working in the foundation phase, which is aged 5 to 11 years old, you might say, oh, well, we haven't established a, a position for the players and we want them to have an overall experience within the game. That's fine. But for, for one evening of the week, you might say, right, these players are going to be defenders for this evening. These are going to be midfielders. These are going to be attackers. And you can rotate that. When you're starting to get into the youth development phase, 12, 13s right the way through to 16s um, and 18s, then positions will start to get nailed down based on the profile and the skill set of your players. So as much as you can, try and encourage um, players to to play in their recognised position, even within a training practice, what would that look like? Um, So midfielders, you want them to play in central areas and receive 360 degrees. Defenders, you want them protecting some sort of goal. Attackers, you want them finishing on goal ultimately. Uh, That's the name of the game. Uh, And what that does as well, by promoting that in all of your sessions, is we'll start to produce players who are positional experts, and I don't think that's happened um, at a lot of places for a long time. I mean, I have a lot of discussions with coaches in academies, uh, academy managers, um, and the game is awash with number 10s. Everyone wants to be a number 10. Everyone wants to be... central midfielders where are our goal scorers where are our centre halves Um, and it's about recognising where a player is going to be best suited um, and coaching them to be positional experts the the one I give is Paolo Maldini played anywhere along the back line uh, but as a left back he knew that position inside out And there's a famous quote from River, had to no, if I had to make a tackle, I'd not done my job, meaning he'd not read the play um, and, and anticipated. Um, and it's because he was a positional expert. Now, that's all well and good comparing one of the greatest players to ever play the game to our 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 own players who were under-15s. However, where did that process start? Because it started somewhere, and as coaches, we're responsible for facilitating that. So, there's my coaching tip of the week. Let us know how it goes. So, finally, I'm going to talk about um, another formation. So, we've done quite a number of articles recently on the four four two, 4 uh, 2 which were due to, to finalise in the coming week. And we're going to be moving on to the 3-4-3 formation. Uh, now, the 3-4-3 has had a bit of a resurgence in recent years. Um, the, the best example I can provide of a team that players, that is uh, San Paulo's Chile. Uh, Jorge San Paulo, obviously, no longer at Chile, but... Uh, he played a 3-4-3 a three, three system um, with great success, obviously winning the Copa America as well. Um, and a lot of those building blocks were put into place by Bielsa, um, and I know Guardiola has, like he does, uh, experiments with a number of formations, has utilised a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, in the past. I think what the 3-4-3 three, three gives you is it gives you that... It gives you the attacking options going forward, you know, so you've got the three... Uh, in, a, in an advanced forward position, midfield you've got four, so the opposition may not have an overload unless they go five across the middle. But then they're going to be underloaded either in defence or in attack. Um, and the real coaching areas for me would be with the back three uh, and how they connect with the midfield four, because what happens a lot in the three-four-three is one of the midfielders will drop somewhere into the back line to create a back four even though it is a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, just to balance balance off um the defensive unit if you like um and, and one of the one of the back three will also be generally converted from a midfield position which i've seen um, so we can, so within the team they can play out and they can get out and break that first opposition line and the most interesting um, deployment of the three four three was when um, Guardiola played against Barcelona. Um, I think it was last season or the season before, and obviously Barcelona played four three three and they went man for man at the back uh, and it worked for around sixty five seventy minutes um, fantastic um, you know fantastic example of trying to use a 3-4-3 three, three and having belief and faith in your players. And if it had worked, you know, it, Guardiola would be seen, even though he is probably seen as a bit of a tactical guru and genius, I think that would have put him on another level and another stratosphere to beat Barcelona going a man for man at the back. Um, but there's a number of uh, different ways the 3-4-3 three, three can be deployed and played. Um, and we'll look to cover those in, in recent... Um, in the next coming weeks, so um, with a number of articles. So my question of the week is: um, Do any coaches out there play a three-four-three? Three? What do you think of the system? How do you deploy it? Um, so with the front three, is it is it a one up, two down, or a, a two up, one down in behind? Um, how do you, how do you um, prepare for that defensive balance? Do you get one of the midfielders to drop in and create a back four? Who's responsible for that? It'd be great to hear your thoughts out there because, again, I'm sure there's a lot more knowledge out there than what's just uh, talking into this microphone at the moment. Thanks for listening to uh, episode eight of the Coaching Manual show, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. It could be a good target for you. Not playing. Okay, off you go. go Don't do that thing. Don't score with this goal.